Broadcasting from Northwest Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Gen Extra Podcast, a show about Generation X, movies, technology, weird news, and anything else they feel like. Join them every Monday morning. Now, here's your hosts, Dave and Joe. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Gen Extra Podcast. We're back, I have, a, I, have, I have a question for you, Dave. Yeah, what do you do now when the opening song is, the opening intro is playing, whatever you want to call it? What do you mean? Our, our intro song. What do you do while the intro song's playing? Oh, I, 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 I cracked my neck. <laughs> nice. Okay, yeah, you feel better now? I do. Yeah, it's a little stiff. Yeah. What, why, what do you do? Well, when I'm here at my, at my own home mm-hmm. and not down, not down with you like I was last week, I do a little dance. You do a dance during the intro? I do, I do a little dance. I kind of like, I kind of bob up and down a little bit and kind of go back and forth. Do you really? You no, know, loosen up, loosen up a little bit, you okay, know? Okay, that's kind of fun. Play the hips back and forth a little bit. <laughs> that's why we need a video element to our show. <laughs> I know, right? Live, right? Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. Also, uh, it would be challenging for us to pull off. Someday, perhaps. Someday, someday. Yeah, if I ever do mention the show to somebody and they're like, oh, where do I watch it? I'm like, ugh. I'm like, we don't, no, I, we don't video, we don't film it. We don't film it. I'm sorry. I mean, if, if you want to watch it, you have to just pop open your phone and stare at the screen while, you're, while your podcast app yeah. you know, goes, from, goes from left to right. That's, that's watching it. I don't know. Like, do, you, do you ever think that we need to be YouTube podcasters? I don't think, I don't know, man. I, I'm happy just doing the audio. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think, I don't think it matters, no, honestly. Me neither. Right? Maybe, like, I don't want, like our, maybe I don't want people watching <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, people might see us and be like, oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know, oh, it's like, that, what's that famous song? Uh, video killed the radio star. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, geez. that's exactly, <laughs> exactly what I expected out of Northwest Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, yeah. So what are we doing this show? We did have, I'll tell you what, man, it's been a week. It's been a week again. Before you get started, I heard that I heard you had some kind of anniversary uh, that you just celebrated. We did, so yeah. Congratulations we, on that, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah, we celebrated our twentieth uh, uh, wedding anniversary. Twentieth. Yeah, pretty crazy, huh? Twenty. Uh, wait a minute. How how can that be? I was just at your wedding like a few years ago. <laughs> twenty years ago. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, we uh, yeah, twenty years. We were together for I don't know, like five five years before that. So yeah, twenty twenty five years we've been together. It's crazy. It's a long time. Like a long time. Fucking, uh, it is a fucking long time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, 20, 20 years. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, you don't like really quite think of that. I think when like, and I know I have it when I first got married, you don't really think about like 20 years later. Yeah. You know, well, you don't, it doesn't, it's not really something that comes to your mind. How long have you guys been married now? Um, hold on a second. I think we just passed our, um, our, our 10. I thought so. so. Yeah. I thought you guys did yeah, your 10. You guys are like almost in, 11 year now. Yes. Yes. We are, um, Yes, we are in. We are in our. This will be our eleventh wedding anniversary this year. Actually, coming up. Thanks for the reminder. Yeah, actually. man. I mean, that's that's Any, still a, a good. A, that's an accomplishment, dude. Eleven years together, married. Well, I appreciate the reminder too, because I got to go out and get something. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. You guys yeah. are. Uh, you're a July wedding, it's aren't you? Yeah. August. August. Or oh, it was like wait, what? August. I mean, tell me. It was like early August, August right? Yeah. Yeah. It's early August. Yeah, because I remember it was close to our anniversary when, uh, when right, you guys right. Got They're married. not too far apart. I mean, yeah. a lot of people, you know, summertime. Yeah, you know, summertime. So many people, right, are like, "Oh, that's mine too," or "Oh, mine's mm. a week later." <laughs> right. Yeah. 
but yeah, so, uh, you know, it's, I think, I feel like, at least in a lot of people that we know, marriages haven't uh, stood the test of time. I want to be delicate. Uh, there's been, you know, the divorce rate amongst a lot of people that we know was rather high. So I feel very accomplished that, uh, that Carrie and I have, uh, you know, survived uh, 20 years married together. I mean, that is, that is quite, I mean, to, right, to be fair, like to everybody, like, I mean, 20 years is quite the accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess maybe survived wasn't the right term. <laughs> like, well, we, we right, through yeah. it. Uh, Carrie, no. Carrie's sitting there tapping her foot. So you describe our marriage as survival. As a huh? survival, huh? Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, uh, I, I think it's more common anymore nowadays to hear people, uh, you know, not making it, you know, past the decade or, uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, pat myself on the back, you know, for, and, and her. So good job. You stuck with me. Do you ever go to, uh, do you ever go to those, uh, like, uh, the anniversary dances at weddings, stuff like that? Yeah, you know, like everybody married, you know, 10 years come up, right? And then everybody married 15 years come up, right? That, that Sort thing, of. Right? Yeah, they kind of do it backwards. Like they get everybody out there and like, if you've been married for less than like two years, you know, get off the dance floor. And then they kind of. Oh, start. yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So we get to, if we go to a wedding now and we participate in that, we get to stay out there till the 20 mark now. Like it's, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's hey, exciting. You're going to be out there like half, approximately half the time now. Yeah. Just seeing all those other people just. Just sitting down. <laughs> Stupid. Um, but now, uh, do you ever, like, you know, when, like, the oldest couple out there, they usually left there, they're like, uh, uh, you know, the DJ will come up to him and they'll be like, do you have any words of wisdom for the, uh, for the newlyweds? And I would say that the majority of the time, uh, the words of wisdom almost always consist of something to the effect of she's always right. Yes, yes, there is something, <laughs> there is something consistent about that. Like, or just... Listen, listen to her. Have an open mind. She's always right. Yeah, you know, that whatever kind of she stuff. says yeah. goes. Like it's always yeah. like, like happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah what's up? What's up with that consistency? You know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like every every dude that's been married to the the wife for like fifty plus years, you know, and they're you know they're like sixty or seventy, you know, something like that. It's always the answer. Like, yeah. how did you make it this long? Uh, yeah, it's always it's <laughs> always part of the answer for sure. It is. Like if you want to stand the test of time in your marriage, she is always right. Just buy, just just get whatever decorations and and uh, paint color that, or or dishes that she wanted. You know. Yeah. No. Then you hear the you hear the the super sweet ones that are, you know, all you know, just be friends and yeah. you know, be, be kind, to each other. make each other laugh. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess whatever we're doing, I guess we're doing something right. So that's good. Yeah. Right. You know what? Because you know you were gonna be there. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna be the one going, ah, just, just, uh, just give her what you know. Just, um, it's the word I'm looking for. Uh, just give her what she wants. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever she says, don't argue. <laughs> yeah, just, just go with it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, let's move on. I'm looking through my list here, Joe. All right. So I do want to talk. Oh, uh, in in recent news, uh, local news actually, there was uh, the we. <laughs> I don't know how we didn't mention this before, but the, the story is already done. But yes. we're going to, I guess, just uh, recap real quick. So there was an escaped convict. Um, I think he was a murderer. I don't know what all his charges were, but he, he escaped from the Warren prison by using bed sheets tied together like you would see in like a, like a 1930s, you know, like yeah. pr prison yeah. escape movie. Yeah. 
totally, totally was a like totally was a was a was a cartoon escape. It was completely. Yeah, I saw interviews with people that like like how did this even happen? Like that, it sounds like like you said something out of a movie, out of a cartoon, where someone actually tied bed sheets together and escaped the prison. So, but he yeah. was he was gone for what eight days? I think uh, it was. I think I'm looking here at nine, but so eight to nine, eight okay. to nine, whatever. And they kept saying like he's like a he was like a self-proclaimed survivalist. So apparently he, I don't know, watched a bunch of videos online on how to survive uh, in the wilderness. I don't know if he did this like before he went to prison or if that was something they have access to. Like, I need to learn how to live in the woods because well, when, when sure, I get out of here. I, in most, most prisons, unless it like you're, you know, in whatever time you have during the day, I, I'm pretty sure they have internet time, right? Okay. So you think he was learn, learning up in prison how to survive in the wilderness? You know, it's strictly restricted internet, but something like like wilderness survival is probably not filtered out. Probably not. It might be now. Right. They might be looking at that now. Yeah. They might offer up bed sheets that uh, maybe rip a little easier. I don't know. But yeah, there we go. I guess we'll see. But anyway, uh, so he. Bed sheets. <laughs> they're all perforated. Yeah. Um, he's like, whoa. He just tries to go oh. down. Oh, someone it, fell again. It, it, it ripped. Uh, but yeah, so I guess a family, their dog, I think is what I heard. Yeah. So their dog noticed somebody back in their backwoods and the family, the husband and wife, older couple, uh, you know, went out to go see who it was and probably cause his wife told him to. And he, uh, he's like, yes, dear. Um, but they, they went yeah, out, and, whatever, whatever you want, whatever you need. Uh, they went out and they, I guess they recognize him from again. I, I don't. I think my wife actually told me about this, so I'm just kind of relaying the information that she told me. They saw him, recognized him, but they were playing it very cool, like, hey, no, it's totally fine, man. You can camp here and enjoy yourself. You know, just uh, don't set the woods on fire. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I read as well, too. They are just like, oh, okay. Yeah, you then know. took a leisurely walk back to the house and then hurried up and called the cops. A, a quick leisurely walk. <laughs> yeah, come on, honey, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's him. Uh, yep. Yeah, but they did. I guess that, you know, since they made him feel comfortable, like oh, like he didn't. They didn't recognize me. Cool. Uh, I'm just gonna chill here in the woods. And uh, yeah, they, they he got busted. They found him. So, I, there you I, go. Right. That seems kind of like it's so and it's it's almost like, and I'm glad it is. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm glad it ended this way. But it's a very anticlimactic. I was looking at like some photos and stuff on him. Like right, they they found him in the general area, like and stuff. And he was just he was just there, just camping. And I guess he kind of. I mean, the way I understand it is that he kind of fell for it. Like they, he, he, he did. Was like, yeah. Yeah. Like they were, they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll see you later. And he's like, okay, I didn't, I must not have. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, I they didn't notice who I was. Scared them. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he might've moved. He's saying here they had used police dogs to track him. So like maybe he did move, but like, it's very, it's not like they caught him like with a helicopter on a high speed chase down, you know, down route eight or something like that. Yeah. It was just, he was kind of like right there. Yeah. You know, you wonder what, uh, in those eight or nine days, like, was he stealing food from places? Like, I mean, he's got to be getting hungry. You know, where do you even get the camping supplies? Like, did he steal those or somebody, did somebody help him? Did they say that yet? Did, did you read? They, 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 they haven't yet. And all it says is that during the week long search, they had found stockpiles of supplies in the wooded areas around Warren that, that he either left behind mm or he was planning on coming back to. So they, they found, they found places where he was or, you know, or where he may be coming back to, but they weren't, 
I don't okay, I don't see any specifics here that they actually said like this is who was helping him or this is where he might have stole food from. Like none of that's really come out at least at least not yet. Yeah, I wonder if that will come out, you know, at some point. But uh yeah, like I wonder what his end game was. Like what obviously just staying in the woods indefinitely isn't the best plan, but why pick someone's like even in the vicinity of their house? Like there's a lot of woods here in Pennsylvania. That's- that's what I was wondering too. It's the same thing I was wondering. Look, look, I'm glad they caught the guy, but if you're if if you are that person, why are you almost within like a stone's throw of a house? Yeah, man, like you got to go deep, like deep in the woods. And which also, you know, poses more problems for him that he's does, yes. further away I, from, you know, yeah. potential food sources and uh, you know, probably has no means of hunting. So, I don't know, man, it it just it I guess if I was to escape prison and uh, maybe I would try the same thing because you know they're going to be looking for you at any known location that you would possibly go to. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, so I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I would deal with it either. I think, I think this calls for a, a Gen Extra experiment. Yeah? <laughs> we just yeah. need to go, go I, uh, escape something? Yes, you, you will hide mm-hmm. somewhere in northwest Pennsylvania. You have to try and find me? And we will try to find you. Okay. All right, that could be fun. <laughs> Or incredibly boring. <laughs> or very, like three weeks later, I'm like, are they even looking for me? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't, I, well, right. And when you, and when you finally do come out, we're like, guys, what, what, what the heck? I was in the I backyard. Was out there for three weeks. <laughs> we, were, we were like, oh, yeah, dude, it was like six hours we gave up. Yeah. I was tired. I was hungry. Uh, but yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure you've all heard about it. So it probably, it's probably old news for everyone by now. Old news. Yeah, so one more thing I want to mention before we get into the show, which also, by the way, we do have some weird news uh, coming up. Yep. And Joe has some facts about the, uh, the, new, the new movie. What's it called again? Well, I have some facts on the events that the new movie concentrates on. So we'll be talking about, we'll be referencing Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Which, I, I keep mispronouncing the, that, yeah. What, what, oh, yeah. Uh, what, what were we saying earlier? Open smirker or something? Oh, open, yeah. <laughs> Robert J. Ubensmirker. <laughs> I was like, I, it's something like that, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, you, you have some interesting uh, uh, facts uh, yep. about uh, the what the hell's what's it based around. So I'm well, curious. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be Joe's got facts. You know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so one more thing though, like I said before we get into uh, the weird news, is uh, I saw online that there was a concert that took place in 1991, Joe. In, in Moscow. This was right after the Cold War ended. Yeah. And I guess there was a humongous rock show, including like Metallica, ACDC, you know, some other of those, you know, you know, 80s, early 90s, you know, yeah. heavy metal bands. Rock, rock bands, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I had no idea this even existed. Have you ever heard of this, this show that they played? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay. I didn't. Or if I did, I just did not make mental note of it. Uh, this, this crowd that they played for in Moscow had 1.6 million people in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's Dude. unbelievable. I've seen pictures of it. It's just, there's, there's video. There's video of it. If you go to YouTube and type in uh, Metallica Moscow 1991, you will find videos of this. And dude, it is insane to watch. Yeah. It is crazy. a sea of people. Yeah. And I was just for comparison's sake, I was curious. I'm like, how many people fit into like Heinz Stadium? Which is now what the hell is the name of it now? Acrisure. Acrisure Stadium. They really yeah, got to change Acrisure that back. Acrisure Stadium. I know it's terrible. Uh, it's terrible. Everyone 
Yeah, everyone does hate it. No one even says it right. Uh, but anyway, so Heinz uh, Field will hold 68,000 people at max capacity. And if you've ever been there for a football game or, or an event and that place is packed, that's a lot it's of packed. people. Packed, yeah. This concert had 24 times that amount of people. Dude, it is a literal sea. But what I was wondering, too, was when you have that many people packed into, uh, it was an abandoned like airstrip uh, or like an airfield, where the hell do people go to the bathroom? Oh, my. I mean, I, I, ask, that, I ask that question simply about you know, New Year's Eve and Oh, oh like Times Square? Yeah, I mean, so looking at this crowd, which you have to, like, it's, I mean, it's, a, it's just unbelievable. Like, are you, are you looking at it right now? Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking <laughs> at one of the pictures right now. I it's don't know. Crazy. Especially if you're one of these people, like, in the middle. Oh, right? yeah, you're not, like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse, you're not making your way through that crowd to go take a leak. I am certain everyone is just pissing themselves. They have to be. I, I, right, because what else are you going to do? Literally, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, God forbid, you know, you have to go number two. Like, that's just bad. So, but I've also heard, too, that the same thing about, like you said, with Times Square at the, at the drop of the ball. I've heard that it is, a, it is just a piss-yourself fest. I've heard people wear diapers to this event it's, because you cannot get out. I think we might have mentioned this on the show before. Did we? That, that No, I'll just say it like I said it back then, too. You could not pay me to go to New York City's Times Square celebration. You couldn't pay me. I mean, okay, look, if you want to give me a billion dollars, of course I'm going to go. But I'm saying, if you're like, hey, if you go to the you know, the, the, the celebration in New York city for a hundred bucks, y'all pay you a hundred bucks to go. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, that's no, that's not nearly enough. What, what would no. it take? If someone said $10,000, I mean, I don't know. Your top price a minute it. ago was a billion, but yeah, right. I was right. I was setting the bar, <laughs> yeah, setting the bar really high. I mean, if someone said, Hey, I'm going to give you 10 grand to go to go to the new year's ball. You're probably gonna have to piss your pants. I'm like, I'll go fine. I'll do it. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> Okay, so ten grand, ten yeah. grand. I mean, that's, that's tax-free that's cash. No one knows part. about it. They're just handing it to you. Yep, just a stack of cash. I'd um, do it. Ten grand each, Joe. Would you go with me? You know, you, you know, you would. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't. Okay, here's the thing. That actually makes a little bit better because yeah, having with somebody, to, yeah, having to hang out with you, so we could both we could just sit there and make fun of the whole thing. And then we'd podcast about but, it the next day. Right. It'd be, it'd be more plausible. <laughs> it right? would be. So if anybody has an extra 20 grand laying around, they want to pay us to go to New York and piss our pants at Times Square, we'll do it. <laughs> I'm, I'm still not promising the, the whole piss in the pants part. I'm You're going to have to. You're going to have to. I'm not drinking anything for like three days. <laughs> He's going to go super dehydrated. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude, because I'm pretty sure like all the establishments, they, they close their doors. Like there's no they public do. restroom available. Uh-uh. Uh, and you have to sit there. You have to sit there, stand there, alcohol-free, smashed into about I don't know how many people's Times Square gets in it when that happens. Oh, there's got to be uh, easily. Thousands of people. Yeah, 100,000 people probably packed in there at oh, least. Or are you looking it up? I don't know. Like, oh. How many people? Does, I don't know. But yeah, Doesn't I matter. mean, maybe, that's a lot. Maybe, maybe $10,000 is my threshold. Maybe that's it. But it would it'd be $10,000 with somebody else. Yeah, it'd be fun. And we'd make some money and have a great, have a great story. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's all I had before we jump into uh, into our weirdness. So uh, let's uh, let's kick it off, man. You ready? All right, let's go. Let me find it because I I'm so good at this. Oh, here we go. From all across the world, there are stories to be told. 
The strange, the bizarre, funny, freaky, the abnormal, and extraordinary. Grab your beer or pour some booze. It's time for the weird news. Oh yeah. I like in our intro, yeah. uh, the intro to that, it's like pour some booze. Well, <laughs> Assuming mean, okay, people are listening I, to this at nighttime. <laughs> I, I am. I have actually cracked the beer for this episode. So. Oh, did you I'm, really? Oh, nice. I'm keeping with the spirit of, of the intro has commanded me to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Crack a beer, pour some booze. Uh, all right. So why don't you go first with uh, one of your weird news stories? All right. I think you have a oh. couple, and I have one, so I'll, I'll go in the middle. I when I pick out weird news, mm-hmm. I always like the stuff that's like, I don't know. I think you and I have different tendencies to what we find to be weird news. We do, but. I like I this one is this one's very um geographically uh weird geographically weird or maybe socially gra- geographically weird. Here we go. 88-year-old woman, mm-hmm. the only resident in America's smallest town. Population wait. 1. Wait, wait. Yeah. It's exactly it's exactly what you think it is. Population 1. She's the yep. the the sole citizen of her town. Yep. So there's a picture here of her. The town's name is Monowi, M-O-N-O-W-I. It's the nation's only, only incorporated town, village with a, or city with a population of one. And that person is, her name is Elsie Eiler. Where's this at? Did you say? Yes, it's uh, about 200 miles from Omaha. Okay. Once a thriving railroad town in the 1930s, oh. it had, at one point had 120 people there, but it actually had like a rather large business community because it was like a pass-through. Okay, basically grocery stores, restaurants. They even had a prison at one point. Wow. Okay. But as, but as the 1900s went on, you know, obviously, like 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 many small towns, it dwindled. Uh, she lost her husband in 2004, who was the other resident in town, leaving her the last remaining residents. But this is my favorite part about it. She literally works. She's the town's mayor, Mm -hmm. the tavern owner, the treasurer, the clerk, the secretary, the librarian. She does it all. She takes Mondays off. (laughs) She she operates the the, uh, Manoe, I think it's Manoe, the Manoe Tavern. It operates six days a week for tour. She actually gets... I was Plenty gonna say, like, she there. just stands there and like, like nothing happens all day. She runs the bar because, like people do, people hear about the town with one person in it, and they go there. So she she says she gets a pretty regular, like, uh, arrival of like tourists and near and people from the other towns who come to get the what she calls the coldest beer in town. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. That, I mean, I don't know, man. I guess. I guess it sort of shows you like when you when you find your place and you're comfortable there and yeah. you don't you know you're stubborn you got your roots in you don't want to leave she's the last person left in the entire yeah. town that's crazy yeah. that's crazy to me she and she does everything and now I know everything is obviously limited when you're the only person limit living there but she still like takes care of the whole tavern she still will like either call or herself she'll fi- get things fixed up or whatever if something needs fixed or broken or whatever it's just i mean you're and you're right too like apparently at one point she decided i'm, I'm, not, not, leaving. I'm not leaving yeah i mean it's, good for her man she, she yeah. stuck to it and uh 
you know, who does like, I'm a, I can only assume this town doesn't have much of anything because like, who, who would do like road maintenance and, uh, you know, if she, if she has like a plumbing issue or something in her house, she'd have to call who, who treats the, what? I have so many questions. Uh, well, the way I, I now to be fair, I think like her system and stuff is probably connected to the next town over or the township next connected to her or something, right? It's basically, I mean, think of it this way: it's basically a, just a giant piece of property for her. Okay, right? All right, that right? makes I mean, that I'm, makes sense. She's on somebody else's water. The state probably takes care of the roads because uh-huh. it's a state route, right? So she's not out. She's not out there with like a grader and a steamroller. Yeah, putting down. <laughs> Do you think she has, uh, oh, like, uh, like, do, do you think they, does she hold like town meetings? Yeah, with herself. <laughs> yeah. <she knows>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always unanimous. <laughs> She's like, all in favor of moving the 4th of July celebration to July 3rd, say aye. Ah, the ayes have it. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, well, it looks like we're moving it. Yeah. Ah, good for her, though. What do you think will happen when she, uh, you know, unfortunately passes away? I don't know. I mean, like, what do you do with it? What, what happens? Like, I don't, I don't know what what Nebraska's rules are for an incorporated town. I think there would, uh, there'd be a hearing and somebody, some township would just gobble it up. It would just be part of another township. Right. Right. Whatever the connected adjoined property is or, Mm. or or, or like state line or really, I'm sorry what you said, like the township or city or whatever line that bumps into hers. Right. That makes the most sense. Would probably get it. Somebody would have to, it can't just end up being no man's land. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, yeah, if there's zero residents in the entire town after she passes away, like, yeah, what do you do? That's, that's weird. I don't know. I guess we'll find out okay. uh, at some point. Well, this is not the same exact situation, but look at uh, no, the town that we went to that was abandoned. Oh, uh, uh, Centralia. The state technically controls abandoned, that abandoned land. That's true. That is true. And it's still, well, of course, at the time, there was like four or five residents that still live there, remember? Yes, and they're good. I think everyone's gone. I, I think, think they eventually did get everybody out. Oh, did you yeah. see too that they they brought in uh, massive amounts of dump trucks, like triaxle loads of, of dirt, and they yeah. covered that entire road that that I know abandoned highway with dirt. I now? saw that. I saw that. We will never be able to walk the abandoned. I forget what route it is again. I don't know, but uh, yeah, if you if you missed your opportunity to go check that out, uh, yeah, you're never gonna see it now. But they did open Check it back our, up again. They, they actually closed no, the town. You mean that you mean they, right? But you could actually still drive through there. No, through one of the side streets, right? No, they closed it, closed it, and I think just recently they reopened it again for pass through, right? I think so. Like they were trying to cut down on the, on the, the the urban explorers, you know, which is exactly what we did. Well, yeah, that's right. That's exactly why we were there because mm-hmm. there's a coal there's a coal fire burning under the town. Mm-hmm. What's what is next? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, sorry, I was just reading. Uh, okay, so my story is from the New York Post. Uh, I did see an update on this actually. So uh, the title is a, a sailor and his dog amazingly survive on rainwater, raw fish. Ra- I should say rainwater and raw fish while adrift for two months. Uh, yeah, so they okay, impressive, impressive. Yeah. So it says an, an Australian man has been rescued in the Pacific after surviving for two months on rainwater roughish uh, and is what has been likened to the film Castaway. He even kind of looks like Tom Hanks with the big beard and stuff. Really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, it says, but his uh, companion was a dog, not a hand-printed volleyball. 
the pair survived by drinking rainwater again with the raw fish. Yes, repeat again. Uh, on Wednesday, a helicopter conducting surveillance for a tuna trawler spotted the tiny catamaran uh, bobbing in the middle of the uh, vast ocean. Uh, photos snapped the rescue of the bearded Shaddock, is his name, uh, appears emaciated. Like Tom Hanks. Okay. All right. So, so how did he get out there? What happened? Did it say? Did he say? Did anybody say? Uh, no, I was talking about Wilson. I was talking about the movie. Um, it doesn't send a rescue guys video. There's no specifics on how he got out there. I think he just got lost. I think he just ended up, uh, it really doesn't say that'd be pretty good information to, to want to give to people. Yeah. Like, like don't do this. Don't do the thing that he did or don't whatever. Or if it's fell off a boat or, or, or right. Got sucked out to sea by, by a current or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're living pretty much from day to day. Uh, you have to keep a very, very positive mental attitude in order to get through this kind of ordeal. All right. So I, a couple things how, about how long this, was he out there? Two months. Two months. Okay. That's, I mean, that's impressive though. Two months on the ocean, right? It was the ocean. Yeah. And he survived two months. That's good. Yeah. From Australia, this guy was, and he had his dog. So uh, two things about this story. Uh, one, it, I think it's great that he had a dog with him you know, to have some kind of companion, yeah. Uh, you know, a buddy, essentially. But my thought was that dog is going to have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. If, if you have a dog, yeah. you know that the doggy's going to go out a couple times a day, you know, at least at least do his, his, uh, his business once a day. Yep. Uh, yep. So he's got to deal with that on the boat. That's horrible. That's yeah. horrible. I'm just imagining how that had to go. But. You know, surviving that long, uh, you know, with the with the hope of just being found is pretty crazy. But here's the funny part about the story. And I literally found this out about an hour and a half ago. Okay. Uh, there was a update to this. He was texting his family while adrift. Okay. What? Yes. So he he has still had his phone, which eventually did die. Uh, but he was he couldn't make the call, but the text would go through. And he was saying that he was, he was adrift, he was lost at sea, and he said that don't, he didn't feel that it was a dire enough emergency to warrant, like, a big search. What? Yeah. So he, I think he just assumed, he's like, oh, eventually, you know, give it a couple more days, I'll, I'll probably get out of here. I'll catch a current, I'll flow back in. Yeah. So, and they were saying, like, no, you should probably, you know, SOS your phone, and, you know, it'll ping out, like, a GPS location, and... He was kind of stubborn in, in his way about it. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I got this. This is fine. Like, I can, I can, I can get through this. Oh, uh, my God. What a, what, a, what a dude. What yeah, a I know. Dude. Exactly. It's such a dude move. <laughs> you know, nah, it's like, nah. Like you're lost somewhere, you know, in the interstate, but, you know, prior to GPS. And uh, like, oh, just ask for directions, honey. No, no, we can oh. figure this out. Get the map out. Like, we got this. We can figure out where we're at. Uh, yeah, that's what he, he was just a stubborn dude. Didn't want to, uh, you know, draw attention to his, uh, his mishap with the boat. And, uh, yeah, he ended up staying out there for two months, two months. That's, uh, I'm I mean, gl I'm glad he survived. I, that was, that'd be horrible. I, I am super, obviously very, very glad that he did, but I can tell you if that is me in that situation and I'm down to like the last, like 
5%, 10% on the battery, I'm using whatever, and I forget what my phone has. I'm using whatever broadcast SOS 911 call ability or, or at least like last known location ability that my phone has. Yeah. Well, because there would right. be like, there would be a moment where, you know, let's say you got lost and, and you don't think you're lost. You're kind of just like, all right, like, let's give it a little bit of time. You're kind of looking around the horizon, see if anybody's coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, there would be a moment for probably the first like day that maybe someone's going to find you. But after like the first 24 hours, I'm totally panicking and I am calling somebody. I am SOSing anything I can figure out with that, yeah. that remaining battery power you have left. Uh, by that second day or that night, I'm like, nope, I'm done with this. Yeah. Like we need to get hold of somebody right now. But yeah, I so mean, he, he messed up. I, here's how paranoid I am about that happening. Erica and I and our, and our kids went on a small hike this, not this, not, not this summer the previous summer mm -hmm. and you know we were and i we were we were at we were around we were, no not around we were in cook forest right i don't i think you've been out that way oh yeah yeah i remember you guys went out there and we got on a hiking trail and, and and we were looking at the map initially and then we realized about 20 minutes into this hike that the the kind of the relativity of the map to the distance that we had traveled was not going to be what we thought it was going to be. Like we thought when you travel a certain direction on the map, because there was no, the map didn't actually have any good like relationship on it until right. you kind of like, you had to use literally another map to try to figure it out. Okay. But once I realized that, my brain went into like immediate like emergency mode, right? Like I'm like, okay, we are this far in. We have, I have this much battery power. How much battery power do you have? We got two kids with us. We might need to camp out, you know, like, yeah, you know, dude, like yeah. I'm already doing the calculations. And Eric, of course, is like, what are you doing? It's I'm like, like I'm, in, I'm in emergency mode. We're going to get, I'm, I don't want to die out here. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's, it's, yeah, it, it's a thought of getting lost in the woods and possibly having, having to spend the night, like, in the yeah. forest. Uh, yeah, that's terrifying. It, it, right, and I was just like, my brain was already doing about 150 miles per hour. Now, luckily... We, we came upon a service road and clearly the map displayed that the service road went back to the parking lot. So I'm like, we're walking this service road back out. But like I, it didn't take me hours to get there. Like I was already like in, I don't want to say panic mode, but I was already in like calculation mode. Yeah. When I, as soon as I realized that we were like not where I expected us to be. Yeah. Yeah. That would definitely freak you out. I think I told the story before when we went to uh, the Rockland Tunnel. Uh, so I apologize if someone's already heard this one, but uh, we <clears throat> we took uh, kids and a couple friends. We walked through the Rockland Tunnel. Yeah, and there's a. Path. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the the big train tunnel that's now like a bike trail. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's a there's a path when you get through it to the side, and we're like, well, like why don't we just take the path? Like, you won't take the path back, and. <laughs> You're right. Of course. Of course. Why don't, oh, we, why don't we just take this? Oh, dude. It was so it's about a mile to walk through the tunnel. It's a pretty long tunnel. And the path, I thought, I'm like, makes sense. We'll just walk this back to the other side. I know, I know where the path comes out on the other side. It's right, right, kind of where we parked. Yeah. And I've seen it. I've seen it too. Yeah. Well, come to find out that uh, we just kept going, kept going. I'm like, it's got to be, it's got to be up here somewhere. And, it was seven miles long, this path. It was, it was seven as compared to what the to, way the crow flies tunnel, which would have been one. one. Yeah. So you walked seven miles, dude. Yeah, it was crazy because, so I got on Google Map later that day. I'm like, why was it so long? 
Uh, and matter of fact, we made it six of the seven miles. And some little old lady, her name was Cookie. Uh, she pulled up in her car beside us, and we're all sweating. And uh, she's like, hey, she's like, how you guys doing? We're like, oh, pretty good. She, you, you took the path beside the tunnel, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, we yes. did. And she's like, yeah. She's like, you're not the first person I've seen do this. And she, I'm like, how long is this? And she's like, it's about seven miles to get all the way around. I'm like, all the way around? And she's like, yeah, it's pretty far. Uh, I'm like, how much farther do we have? She's like, about another mile. She's like, you want to ride? I'm like, yes, we would. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, Cookie. Yeah, so a little, little old Cookie. She's probably 90 years old. Super nice lady. She's, she took us the rest of the way. She's uh, been picking people up there for 90 years. Yeah, so the exactly, probably. But uh, so the, the best visual reference I can give to what this looks like, if you go to Google Maps, uh, the tunnel is at like what would look like the top of Florida. Okay. And the, the walk we took looked like Florida. So oh, man. it was this huge, long, like, you know, drop that went all the way down and around. I had no idea, which makes perfect sense why they put a tunnel there in the first place. Yeah, right. Because the path was seven miles long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So I'll never do that again, ever. I've actually warned people. It's like, hey, we're going out to the tunnel. I'm like, don't take the path. <laughs> don't do it. Just avoid. Just yeah. avoid it. Yeah, so, all right, let's do uh, one more story, Joe, and then we'll get into your uh, uh, open schmirker facts. Okay, yeah, or open schmirker. Nice, <laughs> nice. So this is Meet the Superhuman Runner, who covered 350 miles in 80 hours without sleeping. What? I know. What? I read this, too, and I was like, okay, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, there has to be, like, what was there, like, a tram at some point? Or, like, what, is there something else to the story that I don't understand? But no, this guy has a very, very special, his name's Dean K-A-R-N-A-Z-E-S. So Carnazes, Carnazes, so something, whatever. He can literally run indefinitely because of the way his body works. Okay. So he has this really fascinating, I don't, it's not a, it's not a defect. It's more of like a, I don't know, it's more of an advantage um he, here's here's his anomaly so during normal exercise our bodies typically convert glucose to energy right like we store glucose which mm -hmm. is basically kind of a form of sugar and we convert it to energy you know and, and, and the production of this process produces lactic acid like you and i both play hockey yeah We've both run enough to know that kind of like when the lactic acid starts building up you know your muscles get more stiff yeah right you get you get you get tired easier right because lactic acid is building up right yeah oh, take, well, it, take it this doesn't happen with him no it doesn't so his his body has it like he's almost like it's almost like a superhuman thing right except his body for some reason flushes out lactic acid while exercising like out of his pores like I don't, it doesn't say specifically, maybe, maybe he pees it out or whatever. Okay. It's like at a certain level of intensity, I feel like I can go a long way without getting tired. No matter how hard I push, his muscles never tighten up. He says, it's an advantage. He's like, I can, this guy can literally just keep running. That's crazy. He keeps, he's like, he's like, like when Forrest Gump. Yeah. That's what, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. I was running. It, <laughs> it's basically that, except it's, it's real. Like he, you know, he, he does all of these, he does all of these, what they like these, like, cause there are, there are distance runners, right? Yeah. Um, you know, right. But they have to fight to that fatigue of, of the lactic acid buildup. Yeah. He, he wins all these endurance challenges. I'm sure he does. Where, like, where people like do laps. 
like everyone else is done and he's still sitting there on lap 105 you know I'm still going yeah, yeah you know and it's you, just like it's okay just, is is the production of or, or the you know whatever you want to call it the, the lactic acid buildup yeah is this like a way for your body to be like okay that's enough you need to slow down like you need to stop like is this going to like i wonder if people are recommending like hey since you don't have this lactic acid buildup and you don't get that natural, yeah. you know, slow right. the hell down, you know, uh, your body's telling you, like, you know, you're hurting. Right, right. Like, could he end up damaging himself, like, like have, like, a heart attack because he just keeps going? I mean, I have to. Okay, so to your point, I have to assume. I mean, he's still human. So, yes, I mean, those signals aren't there. So I have to assume at some point that, he would be putting himself in some type of fatigue danger. That's what I'm thinking. Right? Because, yeah. Right. But I mean, listen to that. Here, let's look at he ran, he he ran three thousand miles from Disneyland to New York City in seventy five days, averaging forty to fifty miles per day in two thousand eleven. That's just yeah, crazy. That was quite a while ago. I know. He did a two hundred miles relay race solo. They had like a long he. <sighs> ran alongside teams of 12 and <laughs> just kept going. But I, I have to assume, I mean, he still sleeps like other people. It's just that he doesn't, his body never sends those signals. So he's not naturally, you know, inclined like you and I are to be like, Oh, I should stop. So he just keeps going. Now you should see pictures of this guy. He's skin and muscle. His legs are like, are, are basically like tree trunks. Wow. There's no, there's, there's not an ounce of fat on this guy. It's muscle and skin. Well, he, he would have to continue to fuel his body. Like, he'd have to. Oh, like he, he's, he has a backpack on. Okay, yeah, so he, he'd have to be eating and drinking a ton of fluid, like, all the time. It would be like Forrest Gump, where people are just yeah. running up beside him and, like, handing him drinks. And, that yeah, that is the, that's the real-life Forrest Gump. Yeah, I, I, a really amazing story. If you ever, if anyone listening wants to look this guy up, it's Dean Carnazes, K-A-R-N-A-Z. Yes, the man who does not produce, or at least the man who flushes out lactic acid when he runs or exercises. Quite amazing. Huh. I wonder if they're going to like uh like do like lab tests on him. Like, how can we figure this out? I mean, think about that. That's yeah. a really interesting point though. If you could figure if elite athletes could figure out a way to filter out their lactic acid, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. That's gonna be like the new if they figure out what what the, the protein or whatever the trigger is that allows this to happen, they're going to end up having to screen people <laughs> for, yeah. for this. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. They wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't I, even need lines in hockey. Like you just have one line. <laughs> I read of five dudes who all, who can yeah. all do it. Right. Yeah. Like they never get five, tired. It's weird. Five, five, uh, five dudes or, or, or girls that can do it, man. Like just, just play the whole game. I mean, I love playing the whole game. And by the end of that game, I am dead. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, it hurts. Yeah, even just being a net for a whole game, a busy game, you're toasted, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's a good story, dude. That's pretty interesting. Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be curious to see if they come out with a with a with a black market, uh, you know, performing yeah. enhanced uh, drug. Sign, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> Please, I'll take some. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on to your uh, uh, Schmogen Smogger, whatever. Uh, Ogen, Uben, Uben, Uben Schmecker. Uben Schmecker uh, facts for the new movie that's no, coming out. So, yeah, so today I wanted to do another Joe, Joe, Joe's Got Facts. Mm -hmm. And with Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer being one of Oppenheimer, yes, with Oppenheimer being one of the 
most critically acclaimed movies in the country right now, and potentially could be one of the most critically acclaimed movies of all time if it keeps up the the kind of awards and 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 reviews and stuff that it's getting. I think Barbie. I do, Barbie's going to come in at a close second. Yeah, you know, Barbie. Okay, okay. You know what? The that's funny, but you know what? Barbie actually got pretty good reviews. I'm sure it did. It looks it, like it, it looks it, like a funny movie. And just the joke right now. The joke right now is that you should go to the theater, you know, with with your spouse or friends or whatever, and you should do what's called the Barbenheimer. Oh, you watch Barbie while while Oppenheimer's yeah. playing in the other theater. <laughs> right. And well, no, you watch them both. Like you set out like six hours aside and oh. you watch both of them. Oh, okay. Bar- because Barbenheimer. They're, because they're because they are on the opposite ends of the movie spectrum, right? Oh yeah. One is a serious look into a man's life as he built the first atomic as he you know directed the United States to build the first atomic bomb. And the other one is Barbie. Yes. The the live action Barbie movie. Yeah. Yeah, right, the live action Barbie movie. So anyway, I wanted to put together some facts on Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, which is the guy's, you know, the guy's last name, Robert J. Oppenheimer, and just kind of get give people a little bit of a lead in to like where the movie's going. There's no spoilers here. It's also important to remember that like all of this is already factual stuff in US history, right? Like there's nothing in the movie they're going to be like, "I didn't know that happened." Yeah. So right? what like, yeah. What was leading up to or what was happening in the world at the time that was that kind of influenced them to make an atomic bomb? Well, it, it's a good question because <sighs> in the 19 you okay? Everyone yeah. everything okay? I, just, right. I dropped something. <laughs> In in the 1930s, mm-hmm. a, a lot of a lot of theoretical physics was was looking at radioactive decay, and the idea at the time was much much of the scientific field. Because remember, we're we you know World War One is quite a ways off. 1930s were kind of in like in a calm period, right? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of there was a lot of science going on in the 1930s, but a lot of the science in the 1930s felt that radioactive radioactivity in objects, elements, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, it was a passive process, meaning elements would slowly radiate and decay over time. Like anything, any object, any object on the planet that you leave anywhere at any point in time will eventually radiate and decay over time, right? That's just a fact. It's just a matter. It's the way life works, right? And in the 1930s, even Albert Einstein, the infamous, or let's just say say famous, famous, maybe famously infamous right yeah he's not infamous he's famous the famous albert einstein who is arguably even better known than oppenheimer originally originally believed that generating nuclear energy like with an active process like causing you harnessing radioactivity nuclear energy was probably impossible that was his hypothesis and many physicists at the time that was their hypothesis because Mm. they thought they thought well we know atomic nuclei decay naturally but like forcing it to split apart that just seems unreasonable or it seems unlikely at the time so that was kind of like to answer your question that was like the big thing that was going on prior to kind of the, the where like kind of the movie comes in you know so the, the o- Oppenheimer's the like hold my beer <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no, that's a great question too because in 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 1932 Open, open, Oppenheimer. You got me. You got me saying <laughs> Oppenheimer. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, the the neutron is discovered, and even some of Oppenheimer's colleagues are are looking at this and they're saying, okay, 
it looks like you can use a neutron, which if we all go back to our high school science classes, right, the, 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 the nucleus of, of an atom mm. has protons and neutrons in it. Well, we discovered the neutron in 1932, and we realized, wait a minute, the neutron doesn't have charge. So without really getting into like the whole, instead of going down the rabbit hole of physics, I'll just say this. It's easier to shoot a neutron at an atom to split it because it doesn't have charge. It's neutral, right? Okay, okay. So, so scientists start to theorize that maybe this neutron can be used to split atoms apart. Okay, so now, now scientists are starting to drift a little bit. They're going, okay, okay, so maybe this is something, but still the mathematics looked really, really difficult. Well, Oppenheimer then hears of two German scientists who were actually started splitting uranium atoms with neutrons. But even then he was like, this isn't, this, this isn't going to work. Like the, the mathematics of a chain reaction are just so implausible. And, and, and literally the next day after hearing this, a colleague of his invites him to his office and they set up an experiment and he watches, he duplicates the same experiment that these German scientists did. And that's what really changed him at that moment. Like him and his colleagues set up this experiment to split uh, uranium with neutrons and it worked. Okay. And he even remarked that very day, he immediately like wrote, because you know, back then, apparently in the 1930s, everyone kept a journal, right? And, or, and right, everything was all like written down. Well, yeah. Not like today where, you know, it's all either all digital or no one writes anything down, right? Yeah, you just text it to your buddy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Look what I discovered. Right. Yeah. So he even writes down that day. He's like, I feel like this, this discovery could be used to make energy or a bomb. So he, he, at that very moment, he discovered, like he even was thinking about it already. And he, him and Albert Einstein and a bunch of the leading physicists at the time send a letter to Roosevelt, to, to president Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. They say, they say, look, look at this, like, look at the, you know, look at the data, you know, look at what we discovered here and what, what these German scientists have discovered. If this escalates, like if this concept of splitting atoms escalates, there's a very real chance that world superpowers will use it to build a bomb. Well, lo and behold, mm -hmm. you can probably see where this is going. Uh huh. <laughs> so right in 1942, the Manhattan Project begins and like saying the manhattan project should be i mean i don't know if everybody would know what that means but basically the manhattan project is the the, the united states code name for the nuclear bomb project they cleared out a whole section of los alamos new mexico and for three years three years oppenheimer led the united states leading physicists and that's where that's kind of where the movie comes in right that that's what the movie kind of concentrates on is is the is that event where he leads like the, the the physicists in the united states to building building this you know nuclear ex explosive device right, right which we all call you know you know the atom bomb or the, the nuclear the nuclear bomb so on july 16th 1945 you know i don't want to get into the details because i don't want to talk about the movie too much because i'm just looking at i don't know how they're going to dramatize it in the movie right but on july 16th 1945 or the, the, the actual like historical facts yeah the actual historical fact here is july 16th 1945 works mm -hmm. it works and oppenheimer changes pretty much changes the world forever in fact a lot of what i think is interesting about oppenheimer is the fact that while there have there will be there will be scientific discoveries from from now until the end of time at least for our lives like the lives that you and i live in and the, in the way he impacted the world oppenheimer arguably impacted us 
probably the most because it changed it changed I hate to say this right because it's it's kind of a violent reference but it changed warfare forever. Yeah. Like you there was there was no going back at that point. The minute that bomb exploded in the New Mexico desert changed everything. Is this like I I've seen footage of uh of like these uh, uh you know test sites where they were blowing up, you know, nukes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is this some of like this the same footage I'm probably thinking of? It is. It is. Yes. That that footage that that most people think that they know is a nuclear bomb going off and they see, see like shacks getting blown apart. Yes, that is part of those, those images are from the United States. Some of them are from the United States testing at the Los Alamos site. Right. Like a bunch of dudes, like, like 10 miles away with, uh, like welding goggles on, uh, no, watching, I, I, watching this thing blow up. That's crazy. Actually, dude. I know you could actually go to YouTube right now and actually watch the original footage. It's, it's wild. It, well, it's exactly what you said. It's a bunch of people standing around with welding goggles on. Yeah. Well, I'm sure with the with the movie coming out, all these all these original videos are going to start just flooding YouTube with people watching them. They're going to just gonna get spiked up in the algorithm. Yeah. So oh, I'm, for sure. I'm sure they're yeah, not, yeah. not hard to find right now. No. Right. They are. They are. They are trickling to the top. But I just thought get kind of getting a little bit of background on Oppenheimer would be good, you know, to for for people to hear. And I think and I think this stuff is fascinating. I just love the fact that much of the scientific community in the 1930s went from this, this, this is really highly theoretical and probably implausible to a decade later, less than a decade later going, I guess we have nukes. <laughs> I guess we have nukes. Yeah. yeah. Like this is, you know, trying to warn our, trying to warn the president at the time that like, this is out of the bag now. Like people are going to start building bombs and, and then, and then, Oh, lo and behold, Oh, I guess maybe we should build a bomb, right? That's that was like the, the literal order of events. Yeah, it's crazy to think back to like that was the 1930s and 40s. It was so long ago, and they were building nukes. I guess in my mind, like I don't give them enough credit <laughs> no, in, in their no, in their abilities no, way right. back then. Like no, it is quite amazing to think about that. That that technology is old now. Yeah, almost almost a hundred years old, almost. Like yeah. it's getting up there. Yeah, because yeah. the talking about nuclear weapons still feels like something out of the late uh, out of the late 20th century yeah but no no it was it was starting in the 30s yeah that's crazy yeah, with, with with all of the with all of the names of names of the are all of 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 the most what I should say recognizable names in science I mean Einstein Oppenheimer uh, I, I had a list here I don't know what I did with it but everybody who was a who was a, a, a theoretical physicist at the time was involved with the project. It was the most important thing we did in the nineteen early late nineteen thirties, early nineteen forties. And it's I mean, you can still go there today. It's nothing but a couple shacks. They open it up twice a year if you ever actually want to see the original grounds. Oh really? Uh, which I which I would really like to. That would be amazing. Someday. Yeah. Road a lot trip? of people take guy. I'm I think we should go and we should get a Geiger counter before we go. Oh yeah, we should. Oh, for sure, yeah. Well, you maybe the new iPhone will have one built in. Oh, I'm sure it will, right next to the camera. <laughs> yeah, the Geiger app. <laughs> yeah, like, well, who doesn't need one? Yeah, are you worried about? Are you worried about radiation? Not anymore. <laughs> well, you, I, you say that, and, and the next thing that's going to happen is it's going to be in there. Oh yeah, they'll have a Geiger counter on your damn phone. Just because. Just because. What else are you gonna, What else are you going to put on a phone these days? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, dude, that was uh, that was pretty fascinating. I can't wait to watch the movie. Uh, it it does hit theaters, I think, today on uh, July twenty first. So yes, 
Yes, it did. It did come out technically yesterday because somewhere on the world it it was it was the release date. So in the United States, got to watch it a day early, quote unquote. It wasn't really a day early. It's because on the other side of the planet, it was already the twenty first. Oh, but it yeah. is out. It is out. So if you yeah. like that kind of stuff, you should go see it. If you don't, go see Barbie. Yeah, and if you this comes out Monday, so if you saw it over the weekend and you liked it or hated it, uh, you know, let us know. We're kind of curious uh, yep. what the feedback is so far. So, all right, man. Well, that's uh, that's about it for this show. You want to uh, want to call this one? I think that's good. All right. Well, guys, thank you for uh, tuning in for another one. We'll see you next Monday. See you next time.